Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Wortman. And listen, I wanted to have a bit of a heartfelt conversation today about what's going on in my life and where I'm directing my attention to in my growth journey with Jesus, because I have a sneaky suspicion that some of you guys might find this applicable to your lives as well. You might be able to tell I'm sort of coming off the the back end of a cold. I've had really bad allergies in Oklahoma. We have crazy allergies at different points in the year. And so I've been a little bit sick, but I didn't want to miss this opportunity to dive into what we actually should be doing. Or maybe a better way to say that is, should we be doing the things we think we should be doing? (laughs) That sounds a little bit like a Dr. Seuss poem. But here's what's been happening to me. Over the last two weeks or so, I've come into this realization of how often I measure my life against what I think I'm supposed to be doing, whether that's at this stage of life, at this point in motherhood, at this point in my career, et cetera, et cetera. And what I've found is that when I come up with something that I should be doing, I typically end in that thought process really pretty disappointed with the life that I have. I don't think I'm alone in that. I saw this quote recently. It's Caroline Leaf, who's one of my absolute favorite authors and thinkers. She's a brain scientist, which of course means I love her. But uh, she put this on her Facebook recently and it said this, your life isn't yours if you always care what others think. Let me say that one more time. Your life isn't yours if you always care what other people think. And I gotta be honest, that struck me to the core. I'm in this season right now with God where he is really challenging me to genuinely let go on every level of what I should be doing in life. And what he's asking me to do is be faithful to what he has told me to do and quit caring about all the things that I feel like I should be doing. I'm not saying that we don't do the things he's asking us to do, right? This is not an excuse to not obey. What I'm saying is God prompts us with what he thinks we need to be doing, what he sees as the best use of our time, etc. And then we typically add a few things on top of that, right? We typically say, that's a good list, Lord, and I've got a few of my own, so I'm going to go after these together. But the problem is... When God puts something on our heart to do that we need to obey, it comes with a measure of grace that empowers us to do that thing. When we put a should list on ourselves, it just doesn't have that same grace. So we can be called to something extraordinary. We can be called to something challenging, something unique, something mundane, and there's a grace to empower that calling. But when we put on top of that something else we feel an obligation, to fulfill, we often find ourselves uh, frustrated, lacking, disappointed because the grace of God does not empower you to do the things you feel obligated to do by nature of your comparison to other people. 
That's a heavy statement. I totally get that. But listen, most of the societal pressure that we feel when we're talking about what we should or shouldn't do, most of that pressure is actually an internal assumption of what people are going to think. But the beautiful thing about 2019 is that no one wants to be honest about what they're really thinking, right? Most people do not just come up to you and say, hey, why are you doing that? Hey, that's bizarre. Hey, why are you, you know, only reading your Bible in the mornings and you're no longer praying or et cetera, et cetera. It's like the the pressure we put on ourselves is actually this completely internal thing that no one else sees. And it's based entirely upon our assumption of how someone else will feel about something they probably will never know. Wow. I'm just telling you this is where I am right now in my life where I'm recognizing how many of my choices I filter through what other people are going to think about them. And the crazy thing is that most people, if not maybe all people, won't really ever know why I'm doing the things I'm doing, what my internal motivation is, etc. because we're just sort of conditioned not to share those kinds of things. And most people don't ask, right? And so why do we put on ourselves this sort of challenge, this should, this I ought to be when God isn't putting that on us? And honestly, probably no one else in your life is putting that on you either. Maybe the only exception to this concept would be in a marriage or as a parent where there are some uh, you know, roles or there's some needs that need to be fulfilled and you've got to talk it out and what that looks like in your dynamic. But in everyday life, you're not answering to the company of your peers. You're answering to God. So I guess that begs the question, how many of our shoulds are cultural? How many of them matter, especially when we talk about hearing God ask us to do something? So for you listening right now, are you in a spot where God is telling you, hey, give yourself to this thing, and you're saying, that's great, Lord, and I also want to give myself to this thing over here. I just want to encourage you, whatever obligation that you're feeling, whatever should that is feeling overwhelming to you right now, you have permission to not do that. Let's talk a little bit on a very practical level of what that looks like. Let's talk about motherhood or parenting, for example. I'm the kind of parent who is a rare bird. That's kind of how I feel about myself. Like I don't delight in certain aspects of domestic life. In fact, I would be happy to never go to a grocery store again to make sure there's milk stocked in the fridge. That's just something I don't find delight in. If that's something that you enjoy, you know, finding delight and making sure your family is well cared for and has all the great foods and whatnot, virtual high five to you, keep that going. But for me, I feel very maternal, but in a very specific way. I don't feel like I fit in certain circles of moms because I also have ambition. I have ministry ambition. I have party planning ambition. I love to celebrate things, um, but I don't love the routine of the morning routine or the bedtime routine or things like that. 
I had a conversation with a good friend of mine a couple of years ago, and we were remarking on how interesting it is that different churches seem to attract different types of women, right? That if you go to one church, it's like, oh, all like, let me get, let me just be really specific for you. Uh, One particular church that we had several friends that went to, and we were remarking on how so many of the women at this church, amazing women, incredible women, like domestic goddesses. These are the kind of women who you walk into their home and it is just immaculately kept. Like right now, while I'm saying this to you, there's a leftover uh, remnant of a wrapping paper roll on my bedroom floor from my daughter's birthday party well over a week ago. And there's also a swim diaper from when we took the kids to the pool about three months ago. Whose job is it to pick that up? Probably technically it's mine, but I don't plan on doing that today either. So these are the women who I admire. I look at them and I think, oh my gosh, How do you find that internal drive to just continue to robotically clean up after your children day after day? When you walk into their home, they typically have organic snacks that they've put together that are just amazing. And, you know, they have a lot of kids and their kids are so well-behaved and well-mannered, not just well-behaved, but well-mannered and, you know, on and on and on. And my friend and I were having this conversation and we were recognizing how this particular church seemed to attract women who were all this type of woman. Is that the be-all, end-all goal of womanhood? Of course not. There's no picture of what it means to be a woman that is universal to every female on the place of on the face of the earth. It doesn't work like that. But if I'm telling myself I should be like them so that I can be a good mother, what am I doing? I'm robbing myself of the joy of being me. The joy of having my children roast me well into their adulthood about how I would leave things on the floor for months at a time because I just didn't care. I was walking past a deck of Uno cards that are all spilled out on the ground that my two-year-old had left, and I thought to myself, I wish there was someone whose job was to go behind her and clean it up. Now, you might be thinking, well, Rachel, that's your job because you're her mother, but I don't feel that way because when I wake up in the morning, the beat of my heart is not clean, 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 right? It's just not. That's not how I'm wired. And I found so much freedom when I let go of that quote, should, that all women or all mothers should be like that. Now, of course, there's different seasons to life. When my oldest three kids were very little and I was only a stay-at-home mom and none of them were in school, I did a lot of this kind of stuff and I was much more devoted to being domestic. But the truth of the matter is it was never really fulfilling to me. And if you're in the same boat, again, virtual high five to you because, listen, you don't have to be like someone else to be a good mom. You don't have to be like someone else to be a good Christian. You don't have to be like someone else to be a good wife. And I think you know where I'm going with this. You don't have to be like someone else to be a good version of you. There is no standard that we're measuring each other against when we come to things like personality and interests and hobbies and stuff like that. Obviously, there are biblical standards of holiness we're trying to pursue and those kinds of things, but that's kind of a different conversation. So here's my challenge to you. What obligations are you dying under the weight of that really nobody gives a rip about? Is that too candid? I'm sorry if it is. 
But here's the bottom line. So much freedom is found when we just embrace who we actually are. For example, I'm the kind of mom who sends processed food in her kid's lunchbox. I have conversations with my kids about how, what health is, how to make healthy food choices, etc. But then I buy them Lunchables, right? And am I walking contradiction? For sure. But at least I'm acknowledging it. I don't know if that makes it any better. But here's the thing. I've come to realize I'm not an uber organic mom. I might be someday, but I'm not right now. That's not my mode. So if all I do is tell myself I should be leaving those Cheetos out of their lunchbox to the disdain of my children's faces then I'm putting this unnecessary pressure on myself because God has not put it on me today to go down this road with them. Does that make sense? So again, my question to you is what comes into your mind with that? What types of things do you feel like a wife should be doing or a husband should be doing that are cumbersome and bothersome to you because it's not intuitively who you are? I would say to you, if you have those things, go to your spouse and talk it out with them, right? Talk it out with them and say, hey, listen, here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling this huge obligation to fulfill this sort of societal domestic thing. And it's very difficult for me. Does this even matter to you at all? Here's a great example. When I married my husband, which in the previous episode, I talked to you guys all about my marriage and how I learned to really love my marriage. But when I married him, one of the things that I was so in love with about him was the first time I tried to do his laundry. Now, when I grew up, my mother did all the laundry for the family. Um, She still does the laundry for the family. If we're like at her house, you know, when my kids go to her house, she sends them home with all clean clothes. I think she secretly really enjoys doing the laundry. I know she's listening to this thinking that's not true, but you know, actions speak louder than words. And so my mom did my dad's laundry all my life. And I remember having this sort of like ingrained understanding that that's my job as a wife. So right after we got married, I did Grant's laundry and I thought I was being a blessing to him and I didn't want to do it. If I'm just being clear, it was not like he asked me and it was certainly not like I wanted to. I just felt this sort of societal obligation. I felt a should that I should do his laundry. And when I had it folded, I'll never forget when he looked at me and he said, you know, I really appreciate that you did this but I actually don't want you to do my laundry again. And it wasn't because I turned his whites pink. It wasn't because I folded it the wrong way. My husband is just radically independent and he just did not feel a need to be on my time schedule for his laundry. So it's been 15 years and he does his own laundry. I think I've ironed his shirts maybe five, no, maybe four times in 15 years. And I mostly just move his stuff from the washer to the dryer for him and he does the rest. Talk about a jackpot, right? But if I'm telling myself that a good wife does the laundry, then how am I going to feel internally about that? I would be feeling this obligation, this should, this compelling thing that doesn't need to be there in our relationship or in my mind. So that brings me back to you. What types of things in your life are you experiencing because you're comparing yourself to other people? Like what types of things are going on in you that are really only there because someone you admire does them and so somehow inherently you feel like you should as well? And what would it look like to give yourself the freedom to go rogue 
just once? What would it look like to give yourself the freedom to just embrace who you are without feeling like you're doing something wrong? I mean, did you know that your hobbies, that your interests, that the things you find funny, those are all things God made about you. So the Lord is not looking at you and saying, wow, you should be like so-and-so and then I will bless you. No, 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 no. He is so good at keeping the blinders on when it comes to how he interacts with you. God does not line us up like, you know, when David was picked as king and Samuel came before all the sons and it was like, no, not that one. No, not that one. And what an embarrassing situation for everyone present, right? God is not like that. God comes and he says, hey, let's talk about you. I've got my blinders on. This is not a comparison thing of you to anyone else. Let's talk about what's going on in your heart. What have I called you to? And how do you embrace that with such a fervor and a passion? That's where I'm at in my journey. I feel like God has called me to a couple of things in this next season that are quite daunting, to be honest. They're daunting because I don't know how other people are going to think about it. And the truth of the matter is I'm pretty sure they're not going to like it. They're not going to uh, resonate. They're going to feel like, wow, we're different people, right? And they're not bad things. And I'll explain it all to you, I'm sure, at a later date. But I was discovering I was having all of this fear, like panic kind of fear coming over me. And one day I was asking the Lord a couple weeks ago, I said, why, why am I feeling this way? Like my heart is racing. I feel sort of faint. I don't know what to do. And the Lord set me down and he said, Rachel, you're terrified. I said, okay, that resonates, but what am I afraid about? Right? Because I don't know if it's because I'm an Enneagram seven or what, but I was not really aware of what emotion was there. I just knew something was there that I didn't want to look at. And he said, Rachel, if you fully step into who I made you to be, which is ironic because I would say I already had, right? But he says, if you fully step into who I made you to be, then you know it's going to be an adjustment to the people around you. You know it's going to be an adjustment to sort of how you are raised to different things like that. And I, I realized I was having all of this fear about what other people were going to think about me. And as I was talking with the Lord, I was sitting on my bed. I was in my my special place with God where I just have so many amazing conversations with him. And he just sort of put the blinders on me for a moment. And he said, if you're not caring about what anybody else thinks, what do you think about your life? If you're not taking into account anyone else's opinion, their felt obligation or their shoulds, what they think you should be doing, How do you feel about what I've called you to, about where we're going together, about how your life is going? Like, what's your take on it? And in that moment, this sense of joy came over me and I told the Lord, I actually love my life. I actually feel incredibly blessed and favored. I actually feel like I'm living that John 10 abundant life, which is more accurately translated to a life better than everyone else. I I sort of feel like that on the inside. But what gets robbed from that is when I start taking into account what I feel I should be doing because that's what I perceive other people are saying I should be doing. And I just felt the sweetness of God just comforting me and caring for me and reminding me it doesn't really matter, right? Like I want you guys to like this podcast, but I don't need your approval. I want my friends to like being around me, but I don't need them to validate every part of who I am for me to be on fire for Jesus. Are you catching what I'm saying? 
So that's my heart for you today is what are the shoulds? And if God put the blinders on you, what would you feel about your life? And if you're like me and you would say, I love it, then wow, we need to do a group bonfire and burn every single one of those shoulds because why on earth are we wasting time caring about some sort of proverbial obligation when between you and the Lord, when between you and your family and the people that matter most, everything is good. Why would we allow a should to rob us of that and make us feel like it's not? So some heavy thoughts for you today, but my intention in sharing this for you and and with you is because I want to see you come into a greater level of freedom. I have to be completely honest. I'm absolutely loving what's happening with this podcast. I'm actually really enjoying hearing your stories of people who've said, wow, I listened to this and I shared this with my coworker and they've been listening from the beginning. And I've heard stories of people saying, uh, you know, I got invited to speak at a conference in a different state and I actually quoted something from your podcast while I was sharing that. And people telling me, oh my gosh, I, I sent a link to all of my close friends because this one was one we've all been talking about and they needed to hear. I love those stories. So I just want to tell you, hey, thank you for helping me promote this podcast. Thank you for helping me uh, do the thing God has put in my heart, which is to liberate men and women to be their best selves, to perfect the art of being you, to get good at loving who you are in Jesus. And then when you're in that place, just the soaring just begins to become exponential. So I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if this, this is your first time listening to the art of being you, I would love it, love it, love it if you would share this with somebody that's been on your mind uh, or a mentor or someone you're mentoring or, or just a friend or a mom or a gym companion or I don't even know, your dog, you know, whoever. But share this with them and I would love that so much. All right, guys, until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wartman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.